This past week, Generate Joy passed over 500 downloads, and I'm so, so grateful. To show my appreciation, I have created a special treat for you. I put together a freebie download called 10 Ways You Can Instantly Improve Your Self-Talk. It includes scripture references and a cute little screensaver that you can toss on your phone to remind you to talk kindly to yourself. It's completely free. So check out the show notes for details. I hope this episode is a blessing to you. Okay, let's get to it. Welcome to Generate Joy, a podcast for gospel-centered women serving in ministry with their families. I'm your host, Amy Davis, and I'm so excited that you're here. Thanks for hanging out with me today, because if you've been trying to find consistent encouragement from someone who understands where you're coming from in ministry, (laughs) well, you found it. Every week, I'm sharing ministry mom hacks, biblical encouragement, stories from other women just like you, and more. I want to help spur you on to good works. I want to help you stay faithful to the Lord by teaching you how to balance all the things and how to move from surviving to thriving and the life God has given you right now. I know you're going to be encouraged by this episode, so let's get started. Wow, I am absolutely blown away by the 500 downloads. It's so awesome. Thank you so, so much for all your support and encouragement. Oh, I've seen some of you sharing these episodes in your stories on Instagram and some of you passing it along and sharing on Facebook, just helping me get the word out about Generate Joy. And it is so, so helpful. Did you know that the podcast hosts like Apple and Spotify, they'll recommend to you podcasts if they think that you're going to enjoy them. So like for me, I get a lot like when a new true crime podcast comes out, then it's automatically just put in my suggestions spot like in my podcast app based on like the algorithm and the probability and chance that I'm going to listen to it because I am their target audience. I know that's like slightly cringy, but that's my guilty pleasure, I guess. But I have a mission to help ministry wives and gospel-centered women as well just realize their God-given purpose and step into their unique role with confidence and support. So if you would, could you take like 30 seconds and just scroll down to the review section of your podcast browser and leave me a five-star review or a comment about how this podcast has inspired you or encouraged you in some way? It would show the artificial intelligence running behind the scenes that these people are listening and are enjoying Generate Joy And it'll help prompt them to show the algorithm to more people who might be interested or who would benefit from listening to Generate Joy. Now, let's shift gears. Today, we're going to look at five components of a healthy, gospel-centered self-talk. On Mondays, I've been posting episodes called Monday Mantra. I did that through August. Now I'm kind of shifting gears a little bit, still focusing on our mindset, our gospel-centered mindset. And I wanted to talk a bit about why having a healthy gospel-centered self-talk is so important and then give you these quick five components of things to kind of look out for in your own self-dialogue. More times than I would like to admit, 
I can allow my inner voice to sour and kind of be like um, throwing a the proverbial like soggy blanket of self-sabotage on my entire life. And I know that's so dramatic, but uh, pair that with my hormones right now and like the female cycle and all of that, your crazy schedule and your kids, and you know that it is just a recipe for toxic self-talk, right? Our inner self-talk is super personal. The words that I say to myself are said in secret and no one ever hears them. But it's good to recognize that the way I talk to myself, the things that I say, the tone of my voice, all of these things are habits and ways of speaking to myself that really do impact how I perceive myself, especially in Christ. But our minds are battlegrounds for identity self-worth, value, purpose. So how we speak to ourselves can be just as important as what we say to ourselves. So you probably already know how important it is to be renewing our mind, right? And to be filling our brains with truth. But how we speak to ourselves can be just as important. Now, You may be okay with your inner dialogue and your tone and how you speak to yourself. You may sincerely believe this is just how I am. This is just how I talk to myself. And it doesn't affect other people, so it's not really sinful, right? But if you're feeling stuck or overwhelmed or insecure, not confident, and things like this, I would submit to you that while you may not see the effect that your inner self-talk has on anybody else, it is affecting your deep acceptance of God's full, unwavering, never-ending, resurrected love for you. And this is a deeply hidden secret. This is unbelief. And it's evident in the way that you dialogue with yourself in your mind and how you motivate yourself, how you approve or disapprove of yourself. And this is gonna keep you feeling stuck. So let me explain. If you've ever been whitewater rafting, like with your friends or family, you know, we work in an outdoor Christian wilderness camp. So one of the wrecks we offer is whitewater rafting. Imagine being in a raft with like six other people going down like a class three or four rapid. Everybody's having a blast and you're just laughing. And you can hear the guide in the background kind of like in the distance, you know, because the water's so loud, just saying things like paddle, dig in. And so you do. And you notice that as you're paddling, the guide is like pushing you over to the side, like near the bank of the river. And when the white water subsides, like when you get out of that rapid, you kind of float and you kind of get really still. And you notice that you're basically not moving, but the water is rushing right in front of you. And it's um, really like such a crazy moment the first time you ever get stuck or your guide ever pulls you over like in this section of the river because... um, that space where you're sitting is it's called an eddy but your guide has you right there after the rapid where the water will be pushed like up against the bank and the force of the water pulling and stirring back up the river creates this what's called an eddy it creates the still water area where you can just like 
sit there, take a break. You know, sometimes if a rapid is like really big, you may need like to take a pause or if you're waiting for the rest of your group, if you've got multiple boats coming down, your guide might sit you in an eddy. So you're still in the river, but you're not necessarily like in the current. And sometimes if the eddy is a big enough space, um, you can sit there for a few minutes or even play on the side of like the main current going through the center of the river. So this comes to mind when I think about my self-talk because while many of us are in the flow of where God has it, our inner man, the thoughts and the way that I'm thinking of myself, it can keep me feeling stuck. It keeps us stuck like this. And we can still see the effects of God working and moving powerfully, but we're not personally like in the flow. We're just kind of stuck in a holding pattern. And when we speak to ourselves with toxic, limiting, humiliating, shameful, you know, like inner voice, then we're limiting our full experience of God's love for us. When we say things like, oh, I'm not good enough, or I'm not smart enough, somebody else could do this better than me, Um, someone else could do a better job, I'm not going to sign up for that because I know so-and-so could do it better, and on and on and on. Like Those ongoing attitudes of thoughts that come through our minds, first of all, they're lies, right? But it's just the way that we've come to talk to ourselves that becomes a habit. So listen to me friend, lean in. This is our human brains at work. Your brain is going to offer you thoughts to keep you right where you are in the eddy because this is the safe place that it knows. This is what your brain is comfortable with, right? Your brain will offer you a million and one reasons why you need to stay eddied out. If shaming you is an effective method to keep you stuck in that eddy, that's what your brain's going to do. If Pointing out a million fears and worries is how your brain's going to keep you stuck in that eddy and not stepping into the trust and the, you know, excitement of like trusting God with your life. Then that's what your brain's going to do because it's there to protect you. It's there to help you. And not only that, but it will give volume to your inner voice and fuel that tone and those repeating catchphrases that you have on repeat because your brain and its main objective is to keep you safe, to keep you still, right? It does not want you to change, but God, God has given us his spirit. God wants to help us stop living in the flesh and walk in the spirit. And it is a daily thing that we have to submit to God. Paul writes in Romans 8, You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. And then before that, he he points out, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. So lean in here. If you're multitasking, this is your big chunky thing that I want you to keep or I want you to hear. Listen, even in the way we speak to ourselves in the secret, your inner thoughts, the way you speak to yourself, what you speak to yourself about, how you frame your phrasing and all of that stuff, it's keeping you stuck. And eventually that fear, that cynical tone, that voice, those inner 
things are going to spill over in how you impact others. Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself, like in the same way. So if you're not accepting the full depth, forgiveness, maturing love of God for yourself and experiencing it yourself, speaking to yourself in the secret with God's word, God's patience, God's love, his motivation, genuinely loving your God-made, unique, one-of-a-kind self because God loves you, how will you be able to sincerely be an extension of God's love for another human being? This is why it's so important to practically, healthfully practice gospel-centered self-talk to get you back in the flow of God's work in you so that you can be an extension of His love to other people, okay? You are an example. Whether you want to be or not, if, if whether I want to be or not, if you have kids, you are a walking, talking, moment-to-moment example of Christ in your home, period. Um, it, that's a huge responsibility. And so we need to learn how to speak to ourselves inside with kindness, gentleness, self-control, and all the things that are found in the flow with the Holy Spirit, the flow of what God is doing. So I know that was beefy and I'm sorry, not sorry. I needed to say it It's and it's out there and it said, but listen, I heard myself say it too and ouch, right? I am like, Oh, dagger to the heart. Thank you, Lord, for letting me have this study so that I'm able to share these things because it is, these things are like seriously like working in my life. And I'm so hyped to see how they are going to impact and challenge you as well. Okay. So let's look at five components of a healthy gospel centered self talk. So you can grab a pen or just rewind, listen to the podcast again. Do you even say rewind again? I'm not sure. I guess those are like double triangle backwards, but these are five components that have been super useful to me when it comes to changing my inner voice. These components can significantly influence our self-perception. I know that was a big word, and but our decisions and how we think about ourselves can be influenced by these five things, okay? Number one is your tone. Keep a positive tone. A positive inner voice is kind, encouraging, and optimistic. It offers self-assurance, motivation, and like a sense of self-worth, right? Not like degrading. Um, Now, I'm not talking about a tone here where like you have to have ocean sounds playing in the background, right? Like you're, you're at a spa, but Maybe you do. Maybe it does need to be that. But for instance, I just, one example might be, I just lost my temper again about the kids just bickering with each other. Oh, that makes me so frustrated. Okay. So do I say to myself, oh, I'm the worst mom ever. I never navigate through these situations, right? Middle school is the worst ever. Somebody else should do this better than me. Y'all get out of the car. Or I would say, y'all get out of the car, but those are the thoughts that I say to myself. I'm the worst mom ever. You get it. Or do I take a deep breath and I say to myself, I know everybody's just tired after a long day of school. I wish they really wouldn't push each other's buttons. They're totally pushing my buttons by doing this, but I'm just going to cool off. I'm going to circle back around and apologize. 
And then everybody gets your school stuff put up. And then I circle back around. Hey, guys, I'm sorry I lost my temper in the car. I don't want to be like that. You know, and have a conversation about, let's. can you all please work on bickering right when you get in the car after school? Whatever. But that is a great way that I practice your tone of voice because you can totally be optimistic and encouraging to yourself without being degrading and like saying things that are going to, you know, I guess a habit of just, I'm never good enough, right? Number two is your attitude. Create a constructive attitude. Using a constructive, like, inner voice is going to help you feel confident while you're growing and improving. Okay, so here's the thing. I just got scammed this week on, like, this weird text message delivery thing, and you may have experienced this. But for me, we almost lost a lot, a lot of money. Um, I had, thankfully, uh, my card wouldn't go through on the link that it sent me to. And so I sent it to Spence and was like, hey, um, they tried to deliver this package. Alani's been waiting on it. Do you think that you could circle back around and pay this? And then I just left it. And a few minutes later, I thought, oh, no, this is a scam. I just know it. And maybe it's not, but probably it is. And so then he has to get you know, then he's like, Amy, I think this is a scam. And I was like, no, well, maybe. And so sure enough, it was a scam. And he called our bank and I had to get my whole card taken away. I've got to get it. They're going to send me a new one and just all the things. Right. And I am like, you know, that happens to me and has happened to me in the past. Like sometimes like one year, it was like a lot, but Here's something that I'm really trying to work on with my own self-talk instead of just being like, oh, I always fall for that stuff. Oh, oh, I'm just so mad at myself. Like, uh, but this is what I've come up with to say. Okay. Mm, Well, I know we just got scammed. I just got scammed. Thankfully, it's an easy fix and our bank caught it on the back end. No big deal. But probably a good idea to read up on current text messaging scams or common scams that are found through email and online and ads because I am everyone's target audience. I mean, seriously, scammers, if you want to scam somebody, you're looking for somebody like me. So that is just having more of a constructive attitude and how I think about it instead of just shaming myself or calling up all the other 50 scams that I've fallen victim to in the past, right? Having an attitude like this, it'll acknowledge that I made a mistake, but I can also learn from it and not like heap tons and tons and tons of like self-loathing upon my thoughts and just spin out on how terrible of a person I am. And then, you know, it just gets out of control. So if I can harness the way that I'm talking to myself with, being constructive, you know, and kind with a good attitude, then it'll keep me from spiraling out of control. Number three, manner of speaking. Got to be supportive and compassionate. A supportive inner voice um, speaks with empathy and compassion, right? It provides comfort, um, especially when you're just in an overwhelm, you've got kids um, bouncing off the walls, trying to homeschool them, trying to get them in the car loaded up for whatever. Um, It reminds us that we're not perfect, right? Um, An example might be 
um, trying to pile all the kids in the car, trying to go somewhere. And you're just, you're starting to feel all these feelings and your brain is just like, just stay home. Like there's just no reason why we should even be here. But you could comfort yourself, talk to yourself with a supportive and compassionate manner to say, all right, I know we don't feel like getting everybody in the car. Of course, this is going to be a big deal. Of course, this is going to be hard to get them in the car. But if we can just get in the car and put some music on, just take your time. We'll get there. It's going to be fine. Or another example might be motivating yourself to go do your workout. You know, for me, that's something I'm really trying to work on this month. Well, this rest of the year. Do I say, all right, Amy, get off your fat, lazy, duh, 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 you know? Or do I say, Amy, of course you don't feel like working out right now, but this is something we need to do. You've committed to doing it. We're going to do it. Let's go. Let's just get, get up. Just step one, stand up. That's it. You start walking. So, yeah, the first one may resonate with you about working out, and maybe that gets you motivated. But for me, I know myself, the manner that I am needing to speak to myself is way more supportive and compassionate than that. I just don't do well with that. But you may. That may be your thing. But as long as you're not degrading yourself and devaluing yourself and just being totally rude to yourself, like, get motivated, okay? You want to be supportive and compassionate. Number four, volume and clarity. I don't really have examples for this, but sometimes your inner voice can be loud and persistent, you know, just like, but sometimes it's going to be quiet and subtle, depending on the circumstances, depending on the external distractions. Um, It can be challenging when it's amplified, you know, like negative thoughts or just worries or fears. And that's where the volume and clarity um, comes into play with your voice because your brain is going to just be like sometimes just freaking out. What are you doing? Why are we doing this new thing? I don't want to be doing this new thing, you know, and we're going to have to talk to ourselves with calm nudging and we're going to have to sometimes pull ourselves off of the ledge, you know, of like calm down. So the volume and clarity in which you speak to yourself is also a part of trying to grow in your self-talk. Number five, alignment with God, is to turn your self-talk into a prayer and talk with God. This is the goal of our unity with Christ anyways, right? Is to be talking with God, listening to God, waiting for God, interacting with God, being near Him. And so I love that part of that aspect of it. It's so encouraging. So, okay, friend, I'm so thankful you've joined me today for another Mindset episode. Be sure to go and download the freebie, The 10 Things That Will Drastically Improve Your Self-Talk. All right, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of Generate Joy. If you know somebody who might benefit and be encouraged by this episode, go ahead and share the podcast with them. And it really does help other people find Generate Joy if you leave a starred review or a comment. So if you have two seconds, just scroll down to the bottom of wherever you're listening to your podcast right now and leave me a starred review. It would really bless me big to hear what you're thinking about Generate Joy and help the podcast be found by more women who are wanting to grow in their faith. 
All right, friend, have an awesome rest of your week.